Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Rejoining me for this episode to talk about Superstore in our sitcom summer series, its host of the Ranklist and the Annapurnaverse podcasts, it's Alex Gilston. Alex has kindly come back onto the show to talk to me about an absolute sensation, and that is, of course, the sitcom Superstore. Running from 2015 and only recently wrapping up this year, Superstore has had a tremendous amount of success over its six-season run and has showcased the talents of many actors, most of which are known for their perhaps more dramatic roles, but in this case they get to show off and be a bit more on the comedic side. And of course we dive into that, we dive into the setup, uh, we dive into just everything really, and some, even some of the bigger issues that this show touches upon. There's an awful lot to enjoy in this episode. So without further ado, let's just get straight into it. This is Superstore with Alex Gilson. Hello, Alex, and welcome back to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello, I'm so glad you've got me back, and for such an <laughs> incredible reason as well. Absolutely, mate. So, yeah, I, I put the call out for uh, for the sitcoms, and you were definitely one of the people that, to come back to me fit pretty quickly, and I appreciated that, and uh, as people have been listening to this show, they'll know that returning guests are always welcome. So, yes, you've come back to me, and you've come back to me with one which I'm really glad you brought up, and I was hoping somebody would, because it's... I feel like it's one of the newer sort of fresh hot comedies at the minute, and that is Superstore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Mm. So, so I just want to know, like, yeah, why did you bring it to the show, and and when did you first sort of stumble across this? Well, it's funny you should say about it being new and fresh and stuff. And to me, it was mm. completely new and fresh. It was basically like one of my uh, my lockdown binges. Okay. Um, and but the thing is like superstar it started in 2015 that's right yeah i was i was surprised by that myself yeah yeah because i i kind of when i came into it i was watching it because there's i think there's six seasons altogether mm -hmm. and i was coming into it where on netflix uh five seasons were on there the uh, the first five seasons um and then the sixth season was kind of just about to be aired and Thought obviously with the pandemic and stuff they had to halt filming and they've had they had to like split it up and all that kind of stuff um so i didn't know originally that season six was going to be the last one because honestly if i'd have known beforehand yeah i probably would have not watched it because when i say <laughs> i get more attached to the stories and the characters and just the overall thing of a sitcom over any type of media i'm yeah. being fully serious like i will you know how like if you've ever seen the notebook like you cry right just massively mm. at the note i'm like that but with sitcoms any sitcom okay. i will just absolutely blubber at because i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what it is about sitcoms but maybe it's just the fact that obviously it follows kind of normal people i suppose you could put that in quotation marks because obviously yeah yeah a lot of them are like heightened stereotypes of of mm. how people are in real life and things like that but because it's real stories and it's set in a place like a you know a store um like a supermarket 
um it just i don't know it just feels more i suppose relatable in a way mm. um and in that sense it just i just get too, way too attached way way yeah. too attached so you're you're clamoring for season six over here like the rest of us um well it's it's head on um mm. on itv2 is it yeah i th- I, oh. I mean i've seen it i, d- I don't know whether it's Ah, let's see let's see let's see Uh, because i'm pretty sure oh you know what i think it's airing like right now oh well there you go we should stop recording and just go in yeah that's it (laughs) see you later i'm going watching (laughs) superstar (laughs) yeah i I agree with you mate and uh, you've brought up some points that we've kind of touched upon already and a little sizzle for a future episode uh, that's already been recorded but will come out after this about getting attached to characters it's it's so true um i've had some discussions previously and coming up where that is a running theme and and you're right it's because often these these situational comedies more often than not put people in yeah real life situations and you watch them go on these journeys and you spend so much time with them and you're kind of rooting for them a lot of the time. You want them to succeed. So I, I get that. I get that. I mean, I'm I'm somebody that um, at the end of some of the season finales of certain shows, I, I won't lie, I get a little misty-eyed. The US office always makes me chip tear up a little bit because of the way that winds down. Uh, there's a few other shows like it. They, they pull on the heartstrings. I'm not going to lie to you, though, Hallett. I just have an incredibly obsessive uh, personality. And that's why, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I fall mm. so deep. I fall so hard. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I think one, th- I mean, it doesn't happen with every sitcom. I, yeah. I, you know, there are loads of sitcoms out there, as we discussed. Mm. I, I don't like them all. But when a sitcom like Superstore just hits that sweet spot of, yeah. you know, because sometimes in a sitcom, all the characters can be really annoying and just kind of mm. not in no way relatable and just and then that kind of just makes it not fun to watch but yeah. you know you've got sitcoms like brooklyn 99 and parks and recreation mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff um, and i think superstore just gets to that level where the characters you know like you said you you really are rooting for them especially when you followed them over a hundred episodes you know yeah. you want to you want to see them succeed and you want to see them be in the places that, you know, they, they eventually end up being in. And, um, and that's always a great thing. And over everything, the best thing about sitcoms and the best thing about Superstore, because I feel like Superstore Mm -hmm. does this more than any of them is it just makes you smile and just makes you so happy because of how goofy and how Mm. stupid and how silly it is, you know, at times I just, yeah, I think, over the top, I I would argue that Superstore is probably one of the more most human sitcoms out there. Yeah, do you know what uh, the theme of humanism is coming up in a future episode? I won't say what because it's already done, but uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, it's true. It, it's something that that runs through these kind of shows, and I think you're right. This one does have that built into it. And I don't know about you, uh, when I first saw the show, I was kind of surprised, or may- maybe I'm just ignorant, but I was surprised that this sort of premise hasn't been done before because it makes sense it's the kind of setup yeah. being in a bit in a, in a kind of supermarket you say a superstore in the states especially where everything's kind of extra 
you think, yeah, this is rife for for comedy and and for setups and yeah. And well, that's the thing, and that's another thing I did want to mention. Actually, you've you've mm-hmm. just segued me perfectly because oh, you you're not wrong, Holly. It did exist. Mm. Oh, it did okay. already exist in the UK. Uh huh. Um, and I don't know whether it was this show that specifically um, spurred on the creators of Superstore to make Superstore, but I don't know whether you remember mm-hmm. Sky One's sitcom Trollied. <gasps> That's right. Yes, that did exist. I, do you know what? I think I watched like an episode and thought it was okay. Yeah, um, so this is the thing. I mean, comparatively, well, there is no yeah. comparison really because, mm. I mean that just in general superstore is a hell of a lot higher quality than than mm. trolleyed but you know when trolleyed was airing back in 2011 to 2012 it was kind of, it was just funny as it as it was and i think you're right about you know them being in this situation that you know a lot of people can relate to because you know a lot of people work in retail yeah it's just one of those things uh, but also, even if you don't work in retail, you can still kind of relate to the situations that these people get themselves into and right. how it is to work in a place like that. Yeah. I, I just quickly looked up Trolley because it, it finished in 2018. I thought it had done like two seasons and gone, but it's like seven series here. No, it, it went on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, oh, I, fair enough. I know it. Um, I know it did quite a bit, to be honest. Yeah. And it had quite a good cast as well. I I do mm-hmm. love me a bit of Jason Watkins. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Um, I so, think he's he's very good. So do you think this is this like a direct kind of remake or? I don't think you know what. I'd love to know. Mm. I'd love to see if, um, if it was. Yeah. Um. But even if it wasn't, like, and I don't know whether. I don't know because I, mm. I personally prefer American sitcoms, even though okay. British sitcoms are kind of ones that we can relate to more. If you know what I mean, mm. because you know it's obviously that the humor's more centric to our sense of humor. Yes, um, and especially the situations that people get themselves into is right. there's a lot more kind of. But I think another thing with a show like Superstore is mm-hmm. it is more universal because yeah. even if you haven't worked in a supermarket, if you've worked in any type of, you know, if you've worked in a, a McDonald's or, a, you know, yeah. A, yeah. a sports direct or just any type of retail, you know, you, you have seen that customer. You yes. have worked with that goofy person. You have worked mm-hmm. with a person like Dina. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely. think that's what makes it so fun because you're constantly seeing these little things and you're going, yeah, I I kind of, yeah, that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I just love that so much. And maybe that is why I love Superstore so much. Hmm. I could see that. I was going to ask, actually, out of curiosity, yeah, have you ever worked in retail? I've only worked in retail, my friend. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got experience in the trenches myself. So, yeah, you're right. It's something that particularly... Uh, what I love in in the series is they do a lot of these cutaway gags where it's just like people doing really bizarre stuff in supermarkets and you just laugh because you're like I've either seen that or something close to that or even if you haven't you're like 
I could totally believe that a customer would just do that because yeah. it's just what people do. That is, and the thing is as well, it's such a good way to break the episode up as well. Yeah, it's um, a really good device. You know, and they use it li- in literally ev- every episode. There is mm. a shot of a customer doing something of, uh, a, a, again, something that people have seen customers do thousands and thousands of times before. And when you mm. see it happen, you go, yeah, I've seen someone do that before. That's funny. Yeah. Like yeah. you're making fun of that, and I really—it's just—it's just very clever and really, mm. really well done. Yeah, it certainly is, and um, I—I think I guess another reason why you might gravitate towards towards this and American sitcoms, it's—it's it's something that we've talked about, and again, we'll be discussed on a future episode. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't, can't keep teasing that, but anyway, it's—it's uh, it's to do with the very nature, I think, of of usually American sitcoms versus British sitcoms. And it's been commented on by various actors and writers and the like. And that is that American sitcoms tend to be a little bit more on the optimistic, kind of hopeful, colourful side. Whereas a lot of a lot of British sitcoms, our leads are very dour and like miserable yeah. middle-aged men. Uncle is, I mean, have you, yeah. have you ever seen Uncle? I haven't, no. It is very depressing. <laughs> But it is great. But yeah, no, you, I think if you compare it to things like that, you're definitely 100% on the mark there. Yeah, yeah I, I just think stuff like that, like Faulty Towers, the UK Office, which will be an episode. Um, yeah. You like even Alan Peep Partridge, yeah. Peep Show. Yeah, all these kind of shows where mm. like, yeah, the, the central protagonists are generally pretty miserable. Whereas like you say, something like Superstore, as much as it, 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 it just seems to be very bright and colourful. Yeah, um, very much. But, so. I, but I also think I was quite impressed with the kind of way it handles. I guess you call it the political side of it of like of working in, in yeah. these kind of corporate environments. I feel like it's it's very spot on with a lot of its observations. Well, it it deals with with those things incredibly well and <clears throat> completely all the way through the show from start to finish, and mm. uh, you know the way it kind of goes is is dealt with incredibly well and then you've also got <clears throat> you know uh situations with with characters like Matteo who is obviously an um an immigrant who is undocumented um, yes, and obviously yeah. that whole situation um is is again a storyline that's dealt with with a lot of grace and integrity and and I think that's another thing that pulls me towards this show because it, it does deal with those things really, really well and with with quite a lot of, um, you know, it doesn't tiptoe around the issues, um, yeah. but, it, but it doesn't kind of ham-fist them, you know, no. as so much to make it kind of offensive, I suppose. Yeah, and stuff like the the sort of wage gap and yeah, and things like that, I thought were were very interesting. Like you said, it doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it's just very honest. And I had to laugh at some of the scenes where um, they're talking about unionizing and things like that, and then like these guys from corporate come in and and basically try and win them over with snacks and and like rather than actually deal with the problems. And if if you've again, if you've worked in any kind of retail environment, you recognize those kinds of people and those kinds of conversations. And it's just sort of like you said, just kind of makes you chuckle a little bit. And you're like, yeah, I've seen that. I've been in those meetings. <laughs> yeah, you just know it straight away. And that, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's just what's so great about it. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, 
But kind of speaking of, man, I mean, I feel like it'd be good to take a look at some of the cast members because I've started doing that with these episodes. And yeah. I find it's a really good way of breaking down moments and what have you. And Of course. I, I was surprised by this um, with the leads because... Um, and you've got... I was, the top of the cast on this one is Ben Feldman. Yeah. Jonah. Now, I've only known him as uh, a character in Mad Men who kind of goes insane at one point. Um I can't remember why, but I mean, anyone who's watched Mad Men knows it's a very dreary series. It's it's excellent, but it's very depressing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, he's doing a comedic role. And I really like him. I think he's very funny at playing this very awkward guy that just yeah. constantly puts his foot in his mouth all the time. Whoa, whoa. You trying to say being black's a disability? Oh, no, 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 huh? no. That's no, of course, no. I, I have lots of... What? I listen to Drake. I right. No, no, no. I watch BET sometimes he plays the kind of um attempting to be uh, i don't want to say the word walk no that's that's a bit of cringy words you know um trying mm-hmm. to be progressive okay he, he gotcha. plays the trying to be progressive but like yeah. he is doing the tippy toe type thing of yeah. like he doesn't want to offend anybody but he he makes himself out to be this like really really progressive person um and yeah Mm. i think he just plays it so well he's such a a great i mean all of the characters in the show are great i think they're all incredibly Mm. well realized um but yeah i I think you agree i hadn't actually seen ben feldman in anything going into superstore um and i was just instantly on board with him i thought he played so well as a character himself and then with the, with the rest of the ensemble just just yeah absolutely wonderful and i do know he's going to be in the new disney plus show monsters at work the sequel to monsters inc uh, as a voice oh. of one of the characters so i'm quite quite excited to see him in that nice yeah i'm looking forward to that i think that's going to be a really uh, a really good good series but uh, but yeah in this he's i think he's pretty good and i do feel like there's a, a kind of good chemistry with him uh and america ferrero plays amy the other lead of yeah. the series because that's a that's obviously a key to any sitcom isn't it is that is usually the romantic leads yeah and i feel like i feel like these guys work pretty well they kind of bounce off each other and his sort of awkwardness kind of bounces off her her confidence in a way which is quite nice definitely and i think that is another point to uh, has probably been touched on before when discussing sitcoms in general uh-huh. The the love the the ships of the show, as so to speak. Yes. Um yeah. you know, those two characters have got to have that chemistry, otherwise it is mm. complete make or break. You've you know, mm. it's you've got you've got Jake and Amy in Brooklyn nine nine who are literally mm-hmm. just pitch perfect. Leslie and Ben in Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to those like as examples yeah. more often than not. Um but yeah, and I think you know, um, Amy and Jonah in Superstore are just another perfect example of the kind of will they, won't they, mm. and then when they eventually do, and building up of that relationship, and then yeah, they, it's just great, and the banter's always wonderful between them as well. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a lot of fun, um, and I just I kind of enjoy. One of the gags I really like with Amy is that she's always changing her name tag so that customers don't know her name. I think that's a great little joke, and they they're very consistent with it. If you pay attention to the episodes, yeah. like she's 
const even when she's like a manager she's always got a different name badge on i kind of like that little running gag <laughs> incredibly i think that the you know the thing is about america Ferrera as well is that she came into this with you know probably more experience than anybody really you know because obviously yes. she had yeah ugly betty uh -huh. um which she was absolutely wonderful in might i add mm. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's where, obviously, I knew America Ferrera from originally. Um, and, yeah, you know, coming into Superstore, she just does an absolutely phenomenal job and she really holds the show together. She's she's kind of the glue, really, that, that keeps it all going. Yeah, yeah, I, I think she's she's a really interesting character in in a similar way, I, I kind of think, to Jonah. And this is, again, why I kind of feel like they work as she's also on that thing of, of trying to please everybody, but also be a bit aloof sometimes and be a bit like she wants to be her own person, but she also doesn't want to upset anyone or kind of wants to, I don't know. I, I just find sometimes she flip flops a little bit and gets herself into situations just through like say trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. Which is quite interesting. Yeah, very much. So. And I think another thing about her character as well and what makes, you know, her character so desirable is how optimistic she is about yes. making a future for herself and her children and that kind of stuff. Mm. And, you know, in that kind of sense, it is kind of a really nice thing to see and kind of how independent she wants to be. Mm. Yeah. And she, she wants to make her mark on things. And mm. I just think, again, it adds to that optimism that the show brings and it's, it's lovely. It's a really nice message, I think for, for people. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, you know, throughout the show, and seeing her go from strength to strength and becoming mm. more successful and more successful is, you know, the stories of all these characters from 2015 all the way up to 2021 is just done so well. Yeah, very, very yeah. well. Yeah, no, you're right. You, you want her to succeed, I think, as the show progresses and yeah. comes away. You do kind of want her to have that. Definitely. I just want to confirm, are you going to want an assistant? Uh, oh, do I get an assistant? Glenn never had one. Yeah, he always thought it would come out of his salary, but it doesn't. Speaking of, um, I, I don't even really know what my salary is. Would you, would you happen to have it? Oh, it's, um, 109,000. Uh, Hello? Are you still there? Uh, yes, uh, uh yeah uh uh-huh sorry sorry um did you uh you said a hundred thousand dollars and nine plus the yearly bonus usually around ten thousand dollars oh excuse me sorry 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 hello hello hi 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 you still there yeah um okay so so when you say ten you mean like on top of the previously mentioned nine or is it like a part of the nine so it's really just like one i don't know what that means but it's a total of one hundred nineteen thousand. and those are real firm rock hard numbers that's i'm sorry if that sounded over sexual i'm just looking for confirmation uh-huh so i'll just fax over the contract and you can sign it at your convenience yeah 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 no it's convenient right now uh i could i could do that right now uh-huh do you want to hear about your perks Yes, I would like to um, hear about those, please. I, th I kind of feel on the, on the other side then, just looking at some of these other characters, mm. uh, they've, they've got Lauren Ash, uh, 
play he plays Dina. Yes, Probably I mean the other, the other side of Amy, isn't it? Like just the most fiercely independent, intense human being you'll ever meet. <laughs> she is just phenomenal. I have never been mm. so in love with a sitcom character as I have been with Dina. She is just a mm. powerhouse of a woman. And, yeah. you know, she takes no rubbish. She's yeah. just completely, you know, a champion of her own self. And, yeah. And, I mean, who can't love a person that has, like, 60 birds as pets? Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> incredible. I know one of my guests, uh, previous guests, would be absolutely thrilled with that. That's uh, Lucy <laughs> from TV Time, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening. But, yeah, it's... It's absolutely brilliant. And I kind of love how aggressive she is as well with stuff like not understanding pop culture references, but also not being bothered by what anyone yeah. thinks. She just doesn't <laughs> care, which is incredible. Yeah. Do you mind if I turn on the... Where's your radio? Oh, I special ordered my truck without one. Yeah, it costs a little extra, but it makes the vehicle less appealing to thieves because no one wants a truck without a radio. Name a song, though. I'll sing it for you. That's okay. No, no, go ahead. I got a photographic memory for music. Okay. Um, single ladies. Not familiar with that one. Uptown Funk. Don't know it. Dancing Queen. Nope. Thriller. Michael Jackson. You can't name a song by some guy you went to middle school with. It has to be popular. The only thing she does care about is making sure mm. that the job is done. Yeah, and, yeah. And done well. But then also, you know, as the, as time progresses, you see her relationship blossom with Amy and kind mm. of, and, and especially her relationship blossoming with uh, Garrett as well. Um, yeah, that's an unusual pairing. But yeah. yeah, definitely not the pairing you would have thought, but by the end, you are passionately and like, you are mm. passionately shipping them two together mm. because they just, yeah. It's almost like looking in hindsight, you couldn't have seen any other two people be together. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which again yeah. is just an absolute, um, you know, admiration of of how the episodes and the stories and the characters have all been written. Yeah, mm. hats off to the writers on that one, big time. And um, I mean, she she also gets some good stuff to play around with. I think in terms of drama, you know, there's an episode pretty late on because uh, you you hear about her dad and how she like he basically walked out um, when she was younger, which kind of explains her intensity. Yeah. Um, and then, he, and then he, the dad comes back, comes back as played yeah. by Dean Norris um, from Breaking Bad fame, one of mm. my favourite working actors. And just, he, I thought that whole episode was lovely, not only because it was like, oh, it's Dean Norris, but it was but, it was a really nice bit of uh, back and forth in character development yeah, for her. Yeah, and it was a very much a turning point for her character as well, because, you know, yeah. through that, throughout that whole episode, she's so, you know, she's looking up to her father and she's like, you know, where have you, you know, you know, this is what I've always wanted. I've wanted you to come back. I I want you to be a father to me. And then to the end of that episode where she's like, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't need you anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. just such a wonderful, like, thing because mm. it just again like shows that development of her character and and again, yeah, it's just such a a lovely episode and a lovely way for her character to kind of develop and go on. Yeah. I also enjoy the running gag that she wears the same police outfit every Halloween. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so it seems that, um, well, I don't know where this started out, but it seems uh, that Halloween episodes are like a staple of, of sitcoms. 
Yeah, I think it's probably because it's quite an American holiday, isn't it? Yeah. So they'll, they'll slot one in. Obviously, yeah. you've got the uh, the ho- the uh, Halloween heists on Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's always yes. made a, uh, you know that that's an event, isn't yeah. it, within itself in the, in every series of Brooklyn Nine Nine? And oh, it's brilliant. And yeah. that and that's the same with Superstore. Now, obviously, I binged Superstore, so it was never mm. ha- actually Halloween. When I was no, watching no. the episodes, but it still came to be that thing where I go, oh, it's the Halloween episode. What outfits yeah. is everybody going to be in? And again, mm. when every time Dina is just in the same outfit, it's just hilarious. Honestly, so great. Yeah, it just speaks to her kind of practicality and like just to her straightforward way. And um, I seem to remember an episode, stuff's coming back to me now, where um, there's a criminal that's like, that she's caught on camera trying to steal. And it's like this whole really like intense kind of like, unspoken passion between the two of them and you think like she's gonna let him go and go on a date and then like the second he walks out of the store the police show up <laughs> and she's just like no nah, yeah i had to i had to do it and like and i just love that they did that so like yeah that figures yeah that's pretty much what her character would do she's just so straight laced like nothing really phases her <laughs> yeah literally i also love with the the halloween episodes um kind of on the other side of the spectrum jonah mm. who always makes a little bit too much effort yeah, into his uh, yeah. his, his Halloween costumes. Because uh, obviously yeah. he dresses up as uh, Brexit. That's right. Um, and then he also dresses, <laughs> in a later season, he also dresses up as gerrymandering. Um, yeah, yeah, he, I, d- he does all sorts of <laughs> weird stuff. It's like one of those those guys that, like you say, tries too hard, so he has to over-explain. What yeah, he's doing. nobody ever knows what he's actually wearing, so he has to yeah. go, look, this is what I'm wearing. And everyone's mm. just like, oh, stop it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always a great gag. Um, you, you mentioned him earlier, and I thought another character that's definitely worth talking about uh, was Garrett, played by uh, Colton Dunn. I recognised him, and I couldn't think what from. Uh, so Colton Dunn was in Parks and Recreation um, as a kind yes. of recurring character. He's one of the um, the wildlife uh... wranglers, wasn't he? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. With Andy Samberg. Yeah, there we go. How sitcoms cross over, you know? I know it could be the same universe. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I think it's it's a really interesting character. And like you said, I can see why him and Dina work because he's again very straight laced, very dry, um, pretty down to earth. But I, I kind of love that he's the witty guy of of the group who gets to have a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I also think that in a way, Garrett is a little underappreciated because he is literally. Mm-hmm. He is the narrator of the show. That's true. You know, he's always the one making the announcements and from the first episode to the last. And really, he's actually, he has the last word. Do you know what I mean? And that that Mm. is so important. And he always has a good laugh when he's when he's making his store announcements. And he's always incredibly funny. Uh, But yeah, I do. Honestly, I could literally say I I love all the characters from the bottom Mm. of my heart. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing I also love about Garrett is his relationship with Jonah. Yeah, yeah. And the kind of like, they're definitely friends, but Garrett yeah. loves to be really blasé about it and just be like, yeah, mm. I know, I care about my actual friends more. You're just my work friend. And yeah. it's like, you don't really mean that, but, yeah. you know, it's always funny that he's always kind of teasing at him about it. And I just he really de- love that. Yeah. And he loves winding him up and putting him in situations like just tapping yeah. into Jonah's kind of neurotic mindset and just sort of 
pranking him and stuff. And I kind of enjoy that. Like, he just exactly. sort of winds him up and sets him loose. <laughs> yeah, because Jonah is so incredibly easy to wind up in any kind of way. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, into where he just gets himself into the most awkward and terrible <laughs> situations. And uh, I will say, actually, with Garrett, as somebody who does the announcements, um, I think it's spot on. Like, did you ever have you ever had to do any sort of over the tannoy stuff at work? Um, no, but I am a radio presenter, so I do kind of well, yeah, get well, it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> kind of do get it. Yeah. The power of the mic, because I I used to do that once or uh, twice in the jobs, going long time back now in retail. Mm. And it is quite a lot of fun being able to press the button and just, yeah, like the voice of God across the store. It's kind of, (laughs) and I just love like the more as the show goes on, he just cares less and less. And it's just like you said, it's effectively narrating the show to all of the customers. And it always cuts to the people just looking up in confusion, like what was he on about? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's just a way for him to, just kind of let loose and just yeah. blow off steam in a way and it yeah it's such mm. such a great part of the show uh, attention cloud nine shoppers apparently black friday has begun from all of us here at cloud nine have a great purge it really really is and i think he, he's one of those guys as well i like the fact that because he's uh he's in a wheelchair and that's kind of like um they, they do some fun stuff with that in that well for fun thing they never really address why which I think mm. is quite smart. There's a, there's also know. that incredible episode where he kind of gives it away, but he's lying yeah. and that that kind of yes. What is he yeah. actually telling the truth about? Which was really really funny as well to kind of get out of doing things and make people feel sorry for him. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, and that's it. And he kind of just because it doesn't really matter and it shouldn't matter. And and I love that they they do it early on in one of the episodes where um uh is it like a a guy coming. Actually, it's two people, isn't it? There's a reporter and a photographer coming for like the local yes. store newspaper, yeah. the company, the company paper, and he's like, he's gonna want a picture of me because I'm in a wheelchair, <laughs> and he spends the entire episode like just trying to get out of it, and the way, like the ways he comes up with are just hilarious. Yeah, like, it's really, really funny. <laughs> just so yeah, I I love him so much. I think it yeah, definitely. What about um? I think I'm just I'm working my way down the list here. Yeah, um, I mean Nico Santos is Mateo. Mateo. I just realized as well. Everyone's first names here, like on the cast. No, there's no surnames. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, Mateo is kind of one of those wonderful characters that you know in real life. You know, the person mm. who goes to work, gets the job done, says they're better than everyone else because they yes. are better than everyone else, um, and then just kind of. Yeah, but then, you know, it just comes... Because there seems to be, like, kind of pairings, doesn't there, with with Superstore. You know, you've got Amy and Jonah, you've got Mm -hmm. Dina and Garrett, but then you've also Mm -hmm. got Garrett and Jonah, and then you've got Amy and Dina. But then the other kind of pairing, really, that you have is Mateo and Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Um, And... I yeah, they are possibly my favorite pairing. I love them together because they are the kind of they're the hip, young, know mm. know it all kind of. They're up to date with the latest current affairs and like yeah. the the latest trends and kind of all that kind of stuff. And right again, that's something that you you know quite well in uh, in your own kind of personal life. You know those people who when you ask them something they just 
they know there's that latest trend or they're like, oh, as if you don't know this kind of thing. Um, and then together is just such a wonderful friendship. And uh, yeah, absolutely love them. Yeah, it, it is. It is. They have a lot of fun bouncing off each other. I mean, one of my kind of favorite jokes they had and it because it's something that come up once or twice i hadn't noticed before and then they kind of address it in an episode as well like they keep having these business ideas and air quotes yeah. but it's it's purely just a way of passing the time and like they address it later on an episode and they're like hang on didn't you say you were going to do this this and this and they're like yeah we just you know we're not really actually going to do it yeah, we're, we're just, just having fun yeah literally yeah <laughs> Yeah, and even like, it turns out like oh, we should start a band. Yeah, we should start, what should we call? And they come up with a name, and then they're like, "That's as far as it goes." And it's just kind of it's fun little banter. Yeah, <laughs> I also have to say, and I have to take my hat off to Nicole Sakura who plays Shane uh, mm. for spending the whole first series with a pregnancy bump. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I'd be like, what do you mean you want me to wear a pregnancy? You want me to be pregnant for the for all this time? Which I also thought was quite fun. Because obviously, with the first series, you see mm. where it's coming towards those final episodes, don't you? You know that something's going to happen in terms of her giving birth. And when it does happen, it's just rip-roaringly funny and just yeah. so wonderful. And uh, I think... A wonderful way to bring the whole team together for like the first time properly mm. um you know because you've obviously in the first season you've got all these relationships bubbling up together yeah and they, they never kind of you know a full, there's never a full real like team thing but then going into helping shen with her baby and giving birth in the store mm. it just kind of, like i said it just kind of brings them all together and just gives them all that moment which then makes makes you want to come back and go and watch the next season because you just kind of you're in you're in it then it locks you in yeah and it's a nice way as well like for some of the other characters to kind of show their more paternal sides like amy really tries to be a good role model in a way Mm. for cheyenne and just kind of give her a bit of a nudge in the right direction because again you learn later on similar to to dina she's not had much in the way of parental help shall we say. So it's kind yeah. of nice that she's there for her. But at the same time, she kind of has to let her do her own thing. I mean, her idiot boyfriend husband played by uh, Johnny Pemberton called Bo. We love Bo. We love I, Bo. I, I, I love him because he's just so over the top, but you could totally believe somebody like that and you could see the working. It's just, it's really, really brilliant. Because yeah. I mean, he, he, doesn't he start in the pilot episode by like doing a proposal? <laughs> by faking a robbery of the store and it's just like yeah. what are you doing <laughs> like... he just does so many silly things um yeah. and then you know the whole storyline where they're trying to buy a house and you know they're going mm. with uh when they go to the house viewing with glenn um and then they're in this house and it is just horrible and decrepit yeah and they both walk in and they're like yeah let's take it and glenn's like are you sure? Are you sure you want this house? Because are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, they just they just need that little push in the right direction. Um, uh, yeah, which is very sweet. I, yeah, again, just another really great, really wonderful bit of chemistry between two actors that just works so well. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the union of Cheyenne Taylor Lee and Bilbo Derek Thompson in holy matrimony. To be joined as husband and wife. For all eternity. No, I can't do this, okay? No. 
No, okay, I gotta be free. You can't chain me down. Do you have to do this right now? Say it, maybe it's for the best. No, what's up? This can't wait, okay? Okay, I can't stand up in here and say all these words about loving you forever. But I can rap them. Then we're gonna need a sick-ass beat. Spitfire, Minister Funkacon. Yeah, I'ma be with you for life. For life. I'm the husband. She's very charismatic. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. Um, just, I sort of come back to Mateo just a little bit. I just remembered there's something I really enjoyed about his character was this kind of power-hungry dynamic that he has with a lot of the group like he's so yeah. petty and like wants to get and i just remember there's a really brilliant episode where i think garrett winds him up by uh, he's going for an interview for like a, a promotion that it kind of means nothing anyway but mateo's hyped it up so much in his head and that he tell and then like garrett just taps into that paranoia and that like need for power <laughs> yeah. that he's like oh you're gonna have to really put like a showstopper on if you want this to work yes and, and it's just keep, and like as the episode progresses you keep, they keep cutting back to him when he's got him doing like a powerpoint presentation and like a <laughs> dance number and, and and it gets to the end of the episode he's like in a full costume and everything and i'm like before he could even do anything i think it's glenn is meant to be taking it it's just like Oh, I haven't really got time, you know, because you just put the form on my desk or whatever. Yeah. And just walks out of the room. <laughs> and he's got like a full light show and everything. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Do you know what else I also love about Mateo is the fact that obviously mm. he's an openly gay character and has mm. openly uh, gay relationships throughout the, uh, the show. And they never, mm. or as far as I remember, they never ever make a big deal out of the fact that he's gay. Hmm. Yeah, I seem to remember that. You know, but if anything, he's got terrible choice because what? What's one of the guys like the? Oh, what's you know his what? name? I will. I, I, Jeff. Jeff. That's it. Jeff's yeah. the worst. But no, I kind of, I kind of love the character of Jeff because we get to see him after they break up and he just spirals and it's like it's quite funny <laughs> watching someone have a midlife crisis. Yeah, when he's got like all his new cars and his what is a flat yeah. cap and stuff. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. Brilliant. I must say, Absolutely. though, the person that Mateo does end up with, I think I'm a lot happier um, mm. with with, with uh, Amy's brother. Uh, that's Oh, that's right. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I think that's another thing I'm, I, I kind of... It is just another great thing. They don't mm. make a big deal out of, you know, the diversity of, of the mm. characters um yeah but then the diversity is still there and still very present within the show true yeah very true it is, it is quite a diverse cast actually and i quite like that about it um i'm just looking through i mean the next one i i have to mention of course is glenn played by uh mark mckinney <sighs> i i don't know about you i had to google at some point just to double check that wasn't his real voice because i was thinking <laughs> like i i hope for his sake it isn't of course it isn't of course he's putting it on but it's so funny. I mean, I think some at some point in the show, someone addresses it and just tells him he looks. He sounds like a Muppet character, which he absolutely yes, does. Yes, he sounds. He does sound like Kermit the Frog. It's unreal, <laughs> isn't it? <clears throat> it? Oh, that's brilliant. Well, then that's just to get that. I mean, he's just incredible, isn't he, Mark McKinney? He just mm. does such a wonderful job. Glenn is just such a lovable likable character and he has his problems you know he's a very religious person and mm. uh the one of my favorite things that ever happens in superstore is when it's pride mm. month 
and they they've mm. done the um the wedding display, and Matteo right. goes, well, this is it's just a straight couple, and right. there's a gay couple that are you know that that are looking to get married, and then Glenn goes, literally so over the top, mm. um, and makes the whole display, um. For the gay that's, couple who wants, you know, who right. are looking for things, yeah. um, and I just love that about his character because although he is religious and he is a bit, mm. you know, he's not really up to date with all the kind of, you know, the values of today and and all that kind of stuff. He is incredibly willing and ready to learn about it and to mm. change his own self to be the best possible person that he can possibly be. Yeah, so long as the uh, the very clearly skivy priest guy isn't trying to take advantage of him, that is, you know, that's I, li- I like the other side <laughs> of that, that coin. Yeah, I, I can't remember the, the actor. I might find him. The actor who plays this very clearly corrupt priest, just taking advantage of of people's faith. Yeah, which is absolutely disgraceful. But it's very funny the way he plays it, and I because he and, I, and he has all these. Um, I will I will find him. Uh, yeah, because he has all these running gags, doesn't he? With with Glenn just talking about how he needs another jet or like a diamond watch or something, and you're just kind of like, "What? Sorry, what? <laughs> What's his name? Is Pastor something, isn't it?" Yeah. Oh, you know what? I can't. Um... You're doing the same as me. We're trying to. Find... I am. I'm looking for it. Uh... Let's see. Where is he? Pastor Craig. Pastor Craig, that's the what there is. Bashar Salahuddin, I think. I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies if I've got that wrong. But yeah, that guy's brilliant. I think he plays it very well. And like, because I think there is an episode where you finally meet him. Yeah, he he comes comes to to the store signing, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it kind of you see Glenn's almost like nasty side come out. (laughs) Like it's, it's like everything he's got built up is so fragile. Like it hangs on this obvious con artist. Which is really sad, but then it's like any threat to that, and he just suddenly gets kind of real, real mean. <laughs> it's quite funny seeing him be mean because he still yeah. has that ridiculous voice. He does because he can, <laughs> he can get into those kind of situations when someone genuinely yeah. like upsets him or angers him. Um, and yeah, but then he never, like you said, because he's got the voice mm. that he's got, it's never really quite serious enough to kind of mm. hate him for doing so. You kicked Pastor Craig out of the store. I want the truth. Yes. Don't, don't lie to me, Amy. You kicked him out. I said yes. He was selling his book in the store, Glenn. I didn't agree to that. You, you are out of control, Missy. And, and you were going to pick up the phone and you were going to call Pastor Craig and apologize to him right now. No. Then you can't be manager anymore. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you could handle it. But you immediately came in and started whizzing all over the place and changing up a perfectly good office. And oh, look, look at our window. Now we can all stare at manager Amy. Glenn, you can't just take the job back. Yes, I can't. Get out of my office. That's not going to happen. So you're just keeping the job? Yeah. Well, then what, what can I do? Nothing. But then I can't do anything. I know. So, so what? I mean, I, I've got to just do whatever you say. Yeah. But then I can't do what I want. And I want to do it. God, this is so unfair. Can I, can I even slam the door? I'd rather that you didn't. <gasps> no, it's just, it's just more kind of ridiculous. Exactly. And you can just laugh at it. Exactly. But it's great. And I kind of like as well, his, his story arc's fascinating to me because 
he steps down from being manager at one yeah. point. And it's, it, it, that's kind of another nice thing about his character is he's someone that is very content with what he has in life. Yeah, definitely. And he, um, I always remember that bit where, you know, that kind of run of episodes where he decides that he's going to take a step back and it kind of knocked everything out of, mm. out of Nick. Like, <clears throat> but then, you know, he was still a presence and he's still there, which is, is just great. Mm. And actually, if anything, I feel like some of his best moments come from when he isn't manager um, and when yeah. he is just kind of a general where especially the especially in like the the few episodes right after he steps down from managing mm. and uh, you know he he comes back and he's like on the floor with all the the general staff and That's right. he's kind of still trying to be a manager and they're like <laughs> yeah. you don't have that power anymore glenn <laughs> yeah yes he, he has to make that adjustment which yeah a little difficult but again just just a lot of fun i think yeah, a really, definitely. really lovely character. Just a, a really interesting performance choice, just for the voice alone. <laughs> Especially because when you come in to make a characterization decision for a character that you're playing in a sitcom, and then mm. that sitcom gets renewed up to six seasons, which is like six years of your life, <laughs> where yeah. you've got to do the. <laughs> he had to do this voice for 113 episodes. Do you know Amazing. what I mean? Like that is yeah. dedication. Oh, it is. And you can bet people come up to me in the street all the time and go, Glenn Sturges! And he'd just be like, yes, that's me. I've had enough of it now. Stop it. (laughs) Uh, I think the the other side of that coin, though, uh, one that's on here, and I think one of my absolute MVPs of the show uh, is the character of Sandra, played by uh, Coleco... Hang on, I'm going to get this wrong. Kayuhai? I, again, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm so sorry if I've offended anyone with my terrible British pronunciation. But we move. The character of Sandra, just hilarious. Just, like, the most tragic character of the series. Her just rise from <clears throat> literally being the shell of a person yeah, yeah. that when literally anybody spoke to her, she just went, okay, and then stopped talking <laughs> <laughs> to her being this absolute sassy, wonderful, just yeah, so inc- just incredible human being towards the end of the show is just mm. incredible. And like you said, MVP because she is just so funny all of the time. And mm. I would argue that the um <clears throat> the sat wait, let me give me one second. Oh, I cool. will find it. I will find it. Yeah, the Sandra Carroll saga. Oh my is goodness! Is the yeah. best, like most wonderful storyline in the entire show. Yeah, yeah. I- Irene White, that plays Carol, just does manic acting like you've never seen. And I- like you said, it's a it's a great pairing those two. Yeah. If you talk about like Dina, if I talk about like Dina being never having liked a sitcom character more, never have yeah. I hated a sitcom character more than Carol. Oh, I know she's. <laughs> She is like evil, evil by the end of it, yeah. but it's really, really funny because obviously uh, they they have like a love rivalry over Jerry, played by Chris Grace, yeah. and it's just hilarious because you you meet Jerry and Sandra and they meet in a bar, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're exactly the same. Like they they again, they're one of those like instant it's, matches it that is, you like. It is a snap moment, isn't it? When yeah. they meet, you just know it. 
And then Carol, what is it? She It's almost like rock, paper, scissors or something so ridiculous that she just claims Jerry. Yeah. And Sandra she, just has no recourse, she, apparently. She just takes him. <laughs> she takes him for herself. And because oh. obviously that's kind of what starts the feud between them. Yeah. Um, and obviously Sandra being incredibly jealous, but Jerry not being a strong enough personality to be able to... Mm break away from carol's claws that's right so having to kind of live in this moment and then uh, you know while carol and jerry are in this relationship and then you get those lovely little moments where jerry and sandra kind of get a moment alone together where they just yeah. kind of they just like smile at each other or something and it's yeah. the sweetest thing it's just so lovely and mm. then obviously them ending up being together properly and getting married and even though the wedding was a whole drama within itself and Carol yeah. um, uh, trying to supposed... kill the cat. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> um... It's so ridiculous, but it's, it's just brilliant because I think I've never been more unsettled in a sitcom than I have when Carol comes back and she's doing this whole, like, hippie thing. And you know you're oh, like, this is an act. Yeah. So... This is 100%. And you're just on edge, but, like, so are the entire cast. Like, everyone, it's they all play it so well, where they're all just so super aware of what she's doing. But it's it's really funny. It's super, super good. Look, if it were up to me, she wouldn't be working here at all. Most of you wouldn't be. What's going on? Is everything okay? Saeed doesn't want to work in housewares. Carol's there. I just don't feel comfortable working. They're a crazy person. Okay, you know what? Let's not use the word crazy. It's it's demeaning mm -hmm. and it's debilitating and some other word that corporate used that I can't remember. But fine, I'll move her into seasonals with Justine. Uh, no, thank you. I don't need the drama. I'm a no drama mama. I even have a t-shirt that says that. Okay. Um. Oh. Hey, Nikki. How's your first day going, girl? It's fine. I got a really fun assignment for you. I know all about Carol. No, thank you. How do you already know about her? From like six people. Sounds like a real maniac. Also, not a word we should be using. Amy, I think everyone's just trying to be safe. People who hurt animals eventually start hurting people. It's true. My uncle accidentally ran over a mongoose, and then he punched out a guy at Foodland. Okay, can we just stop talking about this? The fact is, Carol has to work somewhere in the store, so she's going to be in somebody's department. Well, it's obviously not going to be Sandra. I heard Carol freaked her out so much she crapped her wedding dress. Oh, oh, um, that didn't happen. You don't have to be embarrassed. It's totally natural. It happens to lots of brides at their wedding. That's childbirth. I didn't crap myself. Amy, tell him. Sandra, she said she didn't want to talk about what happened that night. The rumor stands. Oh, man. Glenn, you're all about second chances. How about Carol works with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as a floor supervisor, I'm also sort of a lone wolf, so, you know. All right, well, since you're all a bunch of babies, I'll just have Carol work with me for today. See? Amy and I are the only two people willing to give Carol a second chance. Well, that's another thing, because obviously, after Sandra and Jerry get married and they've kind of got their own separate storyline, Carol has this storyline where... She gets electrocuted by the um, by the, the the robot thing, the kind of <gasps> yes. And then obviously she sues uh, Cloud Nine for uh, you know for mm. being injured and not having the help that she needed. And then obviously she gets all of this money, and mm. she just comes back and she's like got loads of expensive stuff on her. She's in like a proper yeah. like expensive tracksuit and stuff. Yeah, and it's just hilarious. It's so so funny. And then, like you said, when she comes back and she's like, 
I'm Zen now. Mm. Yeah. It and just... no one buys it. Yeah, no one buys nobody it, buys but... it. Everyone's like, it's so creepy. Even <laughs> even as a you know, as a as a viewer watching it, you kinda go, Yeah. No, something's not right here. No, you you're super on edge, but as you say, it's it's a lot of fun and um and what you said earlier really about the character of Sandra, it's nice that she kind of gets a happy ending in that way and Yeah. And I I, I like the way that um that the the comedy is played in that character because as you say at the beginning she is just this like broken shell of a woman i like that description that's so tr- so accurate and she's really good at playing those really quietly sad moments like whenever she speaks it's always like the worst story you've ever heard but then like come the other side of it when she's married and with jerry she's suddenly got this newfound confidence yeah yeah and again it's just really funny hearing her just come out with these sayings or like she what she thinks is profound wisdom but it's just common sense and stuff people already know but you're like do you know what you deserve a win you know there's nothing more there's nothing more sandra and jerry like for where yeah you know the storyline where she's kind of saying to amy and glenn and dina how she wants to maybe have a child with jerry and then glenn is like well why don't you adopt this 17 year old boy yeah that's right <laughs> and obviously she's put into such a position where she just can't <sighs> say no yeah and then yeah. that whole oh that whole thing is just so like it would never oh. happen to anybody that isn't sandra mm. and jerry do you know what i mean and yeah yeah it's just so great um it absolutely is i kind of another little character just clocked up on my screen is i think someone that gets progressively worse and sadder but it's still very, very funny, is the character of Justine, uh, played here, I've got here by Kelly Schumann. Because she's another one where, like, she starts off not saying a lot, but then as things go on, it's just kind of sad, lonely spinster comments that she just comes out with. <laughs> like, they always crack me up, because well, they're just like... Oh, you just remember wonderful. the episode, the Golden Globe party episode, where yes. um, they're obviously yeah. all... And obviously it goes completely wrong, and Amy just has an absolute mare of a night because her and her uh, husband have just broken up but literally the best bit about that episode is the ending where it just pans outside and justine's just sat in a car just like she'd never even gone in (laughs) yeah she's just trapped isn't she in her car (laughs) she just hasn't moved which is something i would do yeah i think so so, yeah yeah i just sit there crying like what do i do now what do i do it's it's all these little characters that are next down from her. One of my absolute favourites is Marcus, played by uh, John Barinholtz. Oh. I don't know about you. When I when I see his character, and I said this to my wife the first time I was watching the show, I was like, he has such great, like, Seth MacFarlane kind of energy. Yeah. I think in the way that he delivers his lines, it's That's very such... kind of like, very sort of dry, deadpan stupidity and i i love it i love the stuff he comes out with i think it's wonderful that's such an apt judgment and again like there's nobody i think like his story is the saddest because he just has nothing (laughs) like he has nothing and you know there's obviously that big uh period of time where he's literally living in the store yeah he is yeah yeah um but then obviously after that when kind of he moves in with jonah um Mm. and he's just like look we're best friends and all that kind of stuff and it's just yeah i i do i think even the smaller characters you know that 
the you know the recurring characters that that come in every episode and just have a few lines and even their overall storylines are just as good as the main characters absolutely yeah this this reminds me of um i try to think what conversation it was now apologies some of the listeners might be screaming at me because it seems obvious but for me it's been weeks of having these conversations but <laughs> it might have been the parks and rec one actually where we talked about um how all of the characters kind of get little arcs that finish them off even the little ones um i mean i've talked about it in, in other sitcoms as well but this is a show that seems to do that quite nicely it's like you said even the, the smaller players get little moments or they get little character development and it, it's quite nice to see like you say it kind of helps build that ensemble exactly. and just makes it makes it really fun to watch because to come back to something you said earlier it means you end up with all these different pairings and all of the characters have had their little moments so it just kind of gives them something to work with it's 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 quite straightforward stuff, I think, in terms of writing comedy, but it's it's very effective and very funny. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, if you go into a sitcom and <clears throat> you only really like like a couple of the characters, then yeah. it's going to be less desirable to go back to. But when it just does so well at making all of the characters in some way interesting, if not likable, you know, I mean, a lot mm. of the characters are likable. Uh, but, you know, yeah. in the case of Carol and things like that, who aren't necessarily likable, they're still <laughs> interesting characters and you still want to find yeah. out what happens to them. Um, and yeah, no, it's just done so incredibly well. Yeah, it's 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 just a lot of fun. A lot of them. I'm going to go through some even some of the other minor characters I really love. One I have to shout out because sadly she's passed away uh, oh, is the character of Myrtle. Myrtle. Oh, and rest in peace, my darling. I... Ple- re- yeah. Linda Porter and a big shout out to my wife Abigail who clocked this the first time we watched it she went that's the woman that's in the end of the Tenacious D tribute video oh. and I was like and I said is it and I went and looked it up yes it is oh my it god is. I didn't even know that but yeah well she'd had quite an as far as I'm aware the actress had had quite an illustrious career going into Superstore um and yeah she was just such a wonderful character and the tribute they make for her as well i think it's in series five potentially Mm. um is just so beautiful as well and then obviously from that moment on there's a picture of her up constantly at customer services and it's just so lovely yeah yeah Yeah. there is a little weird um like cgi (laughs) oh yeah that was a bit strange (laughs) That was kind of Uncanny Valley, but yeah. It was, but it was funny. And then just like you said, she's so sweet. And she's another one of these, these actresses, like just these characters really. That I think I've got it here. She's in 34 episodes, which as you say, over 113 is, is hardly any at all. But she's so sweet. She's so, and, so sweet. And, again, and like, she gets all these brilliant moments. Yeah, for a character that is only in th- that many episodes, it's just insane the kind of impact mm. that she made and how memorable of a character she actually is it's just a testament hey myrtle mm. we've been here for 30 years yep okay how much money have you saved almost 900 dollars. i'm almost ready to head on out to california absolutely she's definitely one of my favorites has to be said um like you said rest in peace linda porter you were, you were a legend in this show very much and so. um it, there's so many of these guys. I'm looking and Steve Agee is one I recognised. He plays a character called Isaac. He's, he's in like 12 episodes, but he's this big bearded dude that you, you wouldn't miss him because he's absolutely huge. Yeah. But like, again, gets a lot of great kind of one-liners and, and gags. You've got um, 
Ryan Gore that plays Adam, Amy's husband, and I feel like he plays that character very well. Like when you first meet him, you kind of understand why maybe her relationship with him is breaking down a bit. Because <laughs> yeah, not yeah, very much so. Not not the best, but there's all these guys. Um, Amir M. Uh, Coronet. Oh wow, I'm really butchering names. I apologize. I'm just gonna say Amir M. It's this wonderful guy who plays Saeed, who again another great character, <laughs> another one that just has these cracking one-liners. And, and like you said, uh, this is a show where I think part of the reason why it's so been so successful and so many people are tuning in and loving it is, as you said, they, they utilise the ensemble really well. It doesn't feel like there's a wasted moment, I think, when you're watching the show. It no, feels like everybody kind of has, not. whether it's a little quip or a gag or a look to camera or something, it's, well, they don't do look to cameras, but it's, you know, that, that kind of mindset, it's, it's very, very well done. Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I highly recommend people check it out because I'm actually this might take me back to our first episode. Um I think one of the head writers where is he? Justin Justin Spitzer, yeah, is that one of the sort of the key creators. I'm pretty sure he was part of the US office as well and like Parks and Rec. I'm just mm. gonna have a quick yeah he was he was on he was part of the um production team and and behind the u.s office so it's it's interesting to see how many of these shows interweave with each other and these these kind of writers and com these kind of uh yeah these these actors and what have you and and with that in mind i think if, if you're listening and you think yeah i'm a big fan of like the u.s office and that kind of comedy definitely give this one a try because one thousand percent this will be up your street this is like that it's very easy to watch it's like like you said easy to binge kind of isn't it just so easy i must have watched it in like three weeks yeah yeah it's it's wonderful um so yeah i mean i'm to be honest i've kind of i think i personally have kind of commented on all i can think to comment on is there anything else you want to bring up alex um i i think the final thing is just in the last season the way they um handle the coronavirus pandemic and actually make it a part of the story Uh Okay, because I haven't got to that yet, so mm. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, yeah. Well, I I mean, I won't go too much into it because obviously I, I'd, I'd love for you to like kind of explore it yourself, but okay. I, I just think it's done so well and, um, you mm. know, kind of captures exactly how everyone is feeling about the whole situation and also oh. how it must have been or how it must still be for people working in retail you know throughout the pandemic and stuff like that you know Mm. they make light of it but then are also incredibly spot on about the comments that they make in terms of how Mm. they're all feeling and i I just think that's done really really well because it must have been really hard for them as well to to film it um and you know they had to do a break and the 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 series was originally going to be like a full 22 episode run but they had to kind of cut it down um so yeah so it must have been really difficult but i'm still yeah quite quite impressed with how they did it it's very very good good. i have heard that about the show actually yeah so i'll be very curious to check that out and i think for most people listening it's pretty much on Netflix most places in the world, or as you say, some of the newer seasons apparently on ITV as well. Uh, yeah, so you can you check go. them out on the ITV hub. I'm pretty sure they're all there. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I'll definitely make sure uh, to to do that. Definitely do, definitely. So, Alex, where can the good people find you then to bring us home? 
Uh, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Presenter Alex. I've got a few things going on. You can find out everything like that. Um, and then you can also follow uh, Anna Perniverse on Twitter. Um, I mm-hmm. present a podcast with my good friend Billy, and we, um, yeah, we delve into the filmography of Anna Perna Pictures. Um, mm. They follow us. They acknowledge that we exist. So you know, it's, nice. it's just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a real fun show. We, you know, we talked about Booksmart. We've uh, also talked mm-hmm. about uh, Lawless and uh, Detroit and Missing Link. Um, mm. And we've got an episode coming out on Vice. So yeah, so it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's honestly great. You should go and give that a listen. We'll do, yeah. We'll make sure we'll put all the links uh, in the show notes for you as per normal. But Alex, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me again. It's been an absolute pleasure. And there we have it. A huge thank you to Alex for coming back onto the show and joining me for this particular run of the sitcom summer series. I had an absolute blast doing this episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you did, definitely go and check out Alex's other projects. I've linked to them in the show notes for you below as well as his social media, so reach out and say hi. He's a lovely, lovely guy. If you also want to follow the podcast, make sure you're doing that via the social media links that I've put in the show notes for you. You could also reach out and let me know what you think of the show. If you want to send me an email, you can do that as well. If you want to potentially be on the show, that is also an option. And of course, if you did leave me a lovely five-star review, then by all means let me know, because of course you will earn a shout-out on the podcast a huge thank you as always to alex jenkins who designs the artwork for the show his details are also in the show notes if you want to go and commission him for some artwork which i highly recommend that you do and last but not least i just want to say again a massive thank you to you the dear listener for checking out this podcast and for telling a friend for subscribing all that good stuff it really means an awful lot to me especially as we now head into this next year of the fundamentals podcast i have no idea where it's going to go what's going to happen all i do know right now is that i'm wrapping up sitcom summer series all of the guest spots have now been booked as of time of recording and should see us through to the end of august so make sure you stay tuned for that i'll be back again next week with another guest and another sitcom and i will leave a little clue for you as to what's coming up next so until next time Stay tuned and stay safe. We'll get to your problem in a minute. Have you had a chance to think of my zinger? Well, it's almost Thanksgiving, everybody, and I know what this crowd's given thanks for. Estate tax reform. (laughs) That is terrific. I really enjoyed that, but... Do you think it's too topical? Damn, I wish this event were tonight. It's not tonight. When is it? February. Why are you wearing a tux? It's after six. What am I, a farmer? <laughs>